The opinions voiced in this show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your attorney, accountant, financial advisor, or tax advisor prior to investing. This show contains forward-looking statements that may not come true. Securities Investment Advisory Services offered through Grove Point Financial, member FINRA SIPC, Grove Point Financial, and Kelch Associates are unaffiliated companies. And folks, this program is intended for Wisconsin residents only. Online at WSAU.com as well. I'm WSAU News Director Mike Leishner, just settling in, getting his notebook ready, his pen ready to go. He's a lefty coming out of the bullpen. Merle Kelch, Kelch and Associates. Welcome, and uh, once again, back here in studio, live. It's a short week for some, but not for us. No, we got to keep we got to keep burning the candle. That's because, well, again, we had news last no, there's week. Always news. There's always news on the uh, economic front, uh, and it's you know not just uh, hey, there's going to be a bunch of people traveling and uh, and stimulating the economy in various uh, parts of the country, which I actually did. Uh, this week uh, here. We'll get to that in just a bit. Uh, but we had the announcement from the feds on Wednesday regarding interest rates. Yeah. Always the most important thing on the show. Tell us what happened and what does it mean for us? Are we suddenly rich or are we suddenly poor? I think we're suddenly coming back to even. Okay. So, uh, article, we talked about um, uh, economists. The brain is actually going to kick back in, really. <laughs> it's it's uh, a couple of coffee and you know, a little bit Indeed. Um, Brian, economist Brian Westbury from uh, First Trust out of Chicago had an article that he wrote on Monday. Of course, this is pre-Fed. And he's talking about, you know, one of the conversations that you and I have had on this program over the course of the last couple of weeks is that, you know, interest rates are actually kind of normal. Well, he finally put the math to it, or we finally somebody had some math to it. It says, okay, here's where the Fed is. There's a certain amount of premium that you get on top, and you factor in inflation. Interest rates should be about, interestingly, where they are now. And so in part of his conversation prior to the Fed, he said it would only make sense for us since we already have a neutral stance, uh, which simply means that the federal government isn't too tight on their interest rates. They're not too loose on the interest rates as we've been for the last you know 15 years or so. Um, he says we're neutral, and he thinks that the Fed should remain this way for some time, even going through 24. And uh, so in that, it was interesting because then, of course, the Fed says, um, okay, we're going to remain neutral. We're not going to change anything. And we see the stock market take off because somewhere in the middle of the articles, and I didn't read the exact words that he said, he said, well, you know, certainly if we need to, we could certainly reduce interest rates. So now the market goes crazy and everybody's betting that the interest rates are going to come down by May or June. And Brian Westbury says, maybe we should just leave them alone because they're where they're supposed to be, just as we had that discussion last week from all the multiple articles that were out. And uh, I, I can only imagine what the what the board looks like for that math to be going through and historically finding the economy, finding where interest rates were at that time and the metrics that go into that, metrics that go into now, that that just absolutely boggles my mind. Of course, to Merle, that's, you know, two plus two equals four, though. Uh, <clears throat> weird. Um, I actually kind of remember this junk from school, you know, from college. <laughs> like, why? I have no idea. I mean, folks, if you get to, I can't even play a video game for God's sakes, but this stuff just seems to come natural. I don't know really why. But, you know, we've said it for some time. Uh, interest rates are surprisingly low. And, and so if the marketplace doesn't think the interest rates are going to go up or at least go up much more, um, you can plan for that. I mean, people who've been in business as long as I have know that the interest rates now are actually kind of normal or not bad. Um, we talked about it so many times. Uh, your generation thinks the interest rates are normally at, you know, 2 and 3%, and that's the admirable. 
Um, so with that, I think business continues to keep plugging along and doing okay, which is what all the economic numbers are showing us. As if the economy is not bad, it's not tremendous, it's just it's doing okay. It's, it's continuing to keep plodding along. Um, we're not having massive layoffs. We certainly are slowing down, evidence of that in a number of different places over the course of the past several months. Um, we continue to keep moving forward. But the S&P 500, uh, going into an article by Christine Adizelis and Joseph Aldolfi. Matter of fact, we had, talked about them two last week. I'm going to say I you still, nailed it. I still it. think yeah. there's something going in here yet with these two. <laughs> I don't know them yet, but I'm sure they're going to contact me at some really point in time. Uh, but, folks, we look at this. Uh, between the marketplace, the U.S. equity index has booked its seventh straight week in the green in the wake of the Federal Reserve policy, reading verbatim. Uh, in fact, the S&P 500 has its longest weekly win streak in the past six years. So we're trying to see the market go up. You know, we've seen the technology, folks. The tech stocks have been jumping up over the course this past year. And if you've had anything that's related in tech, you look at your portfolio, you're seeing rates of returns on some of your investments. Um, boy, uh, you know, 20 30% is not unheard of in certain investment accounts. In fact, if you have certain stocks, there's some that are up there that are 200% up this past year, uh, which is just tremendous to me, uh, from the stocks. Now, obviously, you're not going to go through and say, well, Merle, which one of those? I'd like to buy. No, we don't <laughs> do that here, okay? Um, but it's happening. But the thing that we have not seen happen is that the Dow Jones Industrial Average hasn't been catching up. The Dow Jones has just been lagging and just lagging, lagging all year. Um, and so the conversation I've had not only with my clients, with my staff, is that, you know, eventually the Dow will start picking itself back up. And here we go. This past week, we just broke the all-time high in the Dow. It's now starting to catch back up. So we went over uh, 37,000. Um, in fact, the Dow Jones Industrial Average actually finished up the week at 37,305. And so a new high. Now, if you took the loss in 2022, you're probably about even by catching <laughs> stuff up. But, again, we're making forward progress, and the marketplace is not falling apart. Um, and that's because the economy is not falling apart. Slowing, yes, but not falling apart, uh, fortunately, at this particular point in time. He's Merle Kells for Making Financial Sense on AM 550, FM 99.9 WSAU, and online at WSAU.com as well. As always, our chatter is just the filler for your phone calls at 715-845-2155. So if you have a question for Merle, go ahead and uh, give us a call, and we will connect you. Uh, Merle, one one question I've got for you right now, and, and this is something that actually has kind of been uh, swimming in my mind here, you know, in the last year this or is so. Scary since, place, isn't since, it? Very, very. Yeah. Since we uh, started this, and this, of course, may be a silly question, but when we're talking about the metrics for the Dow Jones, the you know, S and P five hundred, the Nasdaq, the Russell two K, whatever it may be, we talk about points. Mm-hmm. What are those points? Um, Ex- explain this to me like I'm five. I'm, I'm trying to actually remember the mathematical model so I can explain it. I, that's escaping me at the moment, but let sure. me back up a little bit. So what many people don't realize, and for everybody that's listening, is that the Dow Jones Industrial Average isn't, it's not a real thing. It's just nothing more than a measure. So the Dow Jones Industrial Average was created by a company called Dow that sold the Wall Street Journal and other types of stuff. They said, well, our Dow Jones Industrial Average to create some sort of a measure of how the market is doing, we're going to take a weighted average of these 30 stocks, of these 30 companies' stocks, and that's what it's going to be. And so that's the weight. So it you know, was 40 years ago, it was 600. Now it's 37,305. Mm-hmm. So it's just nothing more than the weight that they have of those 30 stocks. Now, those 30 stocks have drifted in and drifted out. I don't remember. I think there's only one or two of the original 30 left. Uh, but it's it's uh, 30 stocks. That's it. Now, 
can you go buy a, uh, the the Dow Jones Industrial Average? Well, certainly you can. You're just buying something that contains all 30 stocks, or you buy all 30 stocks. Now it has to be in the same weighting that they're using with the Dow Industrial Average. So this company then called the S uh, Standard and Poor says, "Hey, um, we think we can do the same thing, but we want a bigger measure." So they came out with the S&P 500. Guess how many stocks are in it? 500. 500. Yeah. Is it a real thing? No, it's just a measurement of those uh, 500 stocks. And the NASDAQ, and you have the Russell, and you have you know, all the others that come out with all these different types of measures. And so originally designed to keep their name in front of you, but it's turned out to be a pretty good measure to see how we're doing from an economic standpoint. So the points are just nothing more than a measure of their original design, how they had it, how it was weighted. Um, so you might have one stock in there that's got $500 a share, another one has $2 a share, uh, but it all has a certain amount of weighting to it based upon its relevance and size and how it's growing inside of their particular index, which is the term that's used. So a lot of people think, oh, I'm going to invest in, no, it's, it's nothing more than a measure. It's not the New York Stock Exchange, which is the actual trading exchange, or the NASDAQ, or, um, you know, that stuff, or the Pacific Exchange, or, you know, those are the actual places where the stuff actually physically trades. And many people believe that it's actually the Dow where things trade. No, no, the Dow is just a measurement okay. as well as the S&P 500. So the point is that's nothing more than a representation of the weighting of the 500 stocks in the S&P or the 30 that are inside of the Dow. I now suddenly know what it's like when I go up to a non-baseball fan and explain that ERA plus is ballpark adjusted ERA and that fielding independent pitching is what a pitcher's ERA would be over the course of 26 outs, a full game, on only the plays that the pitcher controls, which are strikeouts and home runs. And when I go to a ball game, I just want a hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> he is Merle Kelch. Again, we're making financial sense on AM 550, FM 99.9 WSAU. We'll be back with more after this. The opinions voiced in this show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, Consult your attorney, accountant, financial advisor, or tax advisor prior to investing. This show contains forward-looking statements that may not come true. Securities Investment Advisory Services offered through Grove Point Financial, member FINRA SIPC, Grove Point Financial, and Kelch & Associates are unaffiliated companies. And folks, this program is intended for Wisconsin residents only. 20 minutes after 8 o'clock at AM 550 FM 99.9 WSAU, online at WSAU.com as well. On our way to a daytime high of about 41 today. Expect some precipitation throughout uh, the morning and early afternoon as well. Making financial sense with Merle Kelch on the air here on WSAU. And Merle, we were just talking a little bit during the break. Um, again, going through our uh, statistic nerd uh, dictionaries. You being the economic one, I being the uh, baseball one, and kind of comparing. You were giving me a little more insight into how these uh, stock market values are weighted. And uh, you're telling me it's actually not universal, but each one, uh, you know, kind of has their own purpose, their own reason. And all of them, of course, yeah, yeah. all it, of them, of course, painting a picture of how the economy is doing. And that's exactly what the intent is. Um, and again, folks, um, Great question, by the way, because you caught me off guard because I don't remember this one. And I used to have all this stuff memorized. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, the one of them is weighted by stock price and one of them is weighted by market capitalization, which is simply all the stock that's outstanding multiplied times the, the price of the stock and it creates a weighting. And so that creates the weighting of either the Dow or the S&P. And I think it's the S&P that uses market capitalization. But either way, again, it's just a measure of how we're doing inside of the economy. And just a couple of little tidbits in there. 
you know, the Dow, it's only 30 companies. And people say, well, why do people look at the Dow? Because of the size of the companies inside of the Dow, folks. It's just absolutely enormous. Um, in fact, if you take uh, uh, the Dow and you take up the size of the companies, it's larger than two-thirds of the world's country's GDPs as far as, I mean, just absolutely huge. Um, in fact, um, I don't know about it now because we're not doing as much paper as we have in the past, but at one point, General Motors was the fifth largest entity in the world that created paper as far as paper movement to get stuff done. Uh, first being the U.S., United States government, and then second was Russia, and I think England was in there, and, and maybe uh, coming up in Japan in some place. So that just shows the enormity of these companies. In fact, at one point in time during the Great Recession, um, General Motors wrote off $150 billion of bad debt. They said, all right, we're going to just get rid of that. And so I kind of went and looked at the world GDPs and said, you know, where are the world GDPs? And at that particular point in time, General Motors wrote off, just as a write-off because it wasn't working anymore, more than a GDP of Ireland. <laughs> I mean, so, and this is somewhere around 2008, 2009, yeah. right in the neighborhood. And you look at that and you go, man, I mean, you know, no wonder why people want to come to America, you know, and, and uh, you know, they, they never say, you know, I want to go to Ukraine. No, no, they, I want to come into America if you want yeah. to come here because the, the enormity of our, our business and our commerce. Is so you're, so you're looking at the time uh, around that time where General Motors restructured itself, uh, yeah. ended mm -hmm. Pontiac, ended, uh, was it Oldsmobile? Saturn. Saturn mm -hmm. uh, spun off uh, Hummer. Mm-hmm. As well, so right around that time when I thought, yeah. okay, I'm hanging on to my 2000 Pontiac Grand Prix GT with a 30, the uh, GM 3800 engine, still one of the greatest engines in the world, and uh, I'm gonna hang on to this, and it's gonna be a collector's item someday. Well, a unfortunate accident involving a black calf in the middle of the night uh, changed <laughs> that, but so yeah, right around that time where they were restructuring, yeah. they that, wrote off Ireland. They wrote off Ireland. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, just. The enormity of the company. So when, when people talk about the Dow and, and uh, so often it used to be, so however goes GM is how America goes. Well, they've added it and just simply said, however the Dow goes is where the America goes. And, and, and that's very true in a sense that the size and the enormity of those companies is just uh, beyond belief. If you look at it from a fiscal or financial standpoint, I think we just all become accustomed to the fact that we hear about the Dow all the time, but we don't realize how big the companies just generally are. I mean, they're just enormous. So the, the Dow is a snapshot of basically the biggest companies in America. And as you mentioned, yeah, uh, that yeah. has changed over time. There's only one or two of the original ones mm -hmm. that are still listed in there. So these yeah. things do uh, kind of move and shake. But yeah. uh, I guess to bring it home for, for the listeners is, of course, our chatter is just a filler for your phone calls at 715-845-2155. Uh, to bring it home for the listeners, uh, if you've got just a regular 401k through your workplace, through Voya, through One America, whatever that may be, uh, what should you be thinking when you hear the numbers from the Dow, from the S&P, from all of this? Being, what does this mean for you in the news you can use department? You know, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a great thing to, to ask a question of. And, and the answer to that can be really long stretching. I'm just going to make it relatively simple. It just gives you an indication of where you're going. Okay, so so the couple of ways in which to use that. So if you're looking at and trying to watch the Dow every day and saying, well, geez, the Dow went up, but my portfolio didn't. Well, they might be in two different things. Because remember, the Dow is just a measure of 30 stocks. Maybe your portfolio doesn't contain any of the stocks of the Dow. You know, so that's a whole other conversation. You know, so at one point in time, the Dow was actually minus 1% here, uh, the mid part of this year. Uh, but yet the S&P 500 was up 15 
well, how can I have that? I'm looking at the Dow and the, you know, but well, it's because they're probably just not the same things. Remember, Dow's only 30 stocks. So we have to look at that. I um, mean, S&P 500 is considered a more um, of, a, of a broad spectrum indicator of how the market is doing because it's got small caps, mid caps, large caps. It kind of has a measure of anything and say, so um, how is that S&P 500 doing? Oh, it's going great. Okay, but my portfolio is not doing the same thing as the S&P 500. You know what does the same rate of return as the S&P 500? The S&P 500. And if you buy an S&P 500 index, they still take off a few points for expenses, so it still doesn't quite do the S&P 500. <laughs> so so to, to take more or to be, you know, make more than an S&P 500, you have to have more risk. Well, that's a whole part of the conversation. But here's, I think, one of the best ways to use what's going on with an index. Um, um, uh, since you brought it up, I might as well share this idea. You know, let's say the S&P 500 is going up by 10% for the year. And you talk with your financial professional folks and they show you that the risk of your portfolio is the same thing as the S&P 500. And yes, there's a way in which you do this. And you do this through what's called beta-weighted averaging. I'm not going into that computation here, folks. But if your financial professional doesn't know what that is or can't compute it, find another one. That's all I'm going to tell you. Okay, so if your beta-weighted average has a risk of 1, which is the same as the S&P 500, and the S&P 500 went up 10 for the year and you went up 5, you might have a problem in your portfolio because you just took the same risk as the S&P 500 for half the rate of return. Now, if the S&P 500 went up 10 and you went up 15, you call all your friends and brag because you did something great. So it's used as a measurement to see how you are doing compared to something um, that you're invested in and you can have a measure of how that's going as far as the risk goes. If I'm willing to assume this risk of the S&P 500, by the way, if you're retired, probably shouldn't be doing that. But for my sake of easier, if you're willing to take on the risk of an S&P 500 beta of one, but you're getting half the return of what the S&P 500 is, uh, Lucy, we've got a problem. Mm -hmm. So you got to talk to your financial professional and try to get that portfolio rebalanced and straightened out. So that's one of the ways that you use an index. And the reason we want to look at it on TV or the newspaper, or on the Internet, or however you take that information. And if it's going up or down, you can look at it in your portfolio and say, okay, if this is going up and down, how am I doing? So you can gauge how your investments are doing and then hopefully gauge how your risk is doing compared to those investments. And so it's a measuring tool, not where people think it's the actual investment. It's nothing more than a measuring tool. So we've spent a half an hour but hopefully I answered that question. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, the disclaimer, if you are beating the markets by that, don't count on doing it a second time. Yeah. You know, there's an article that's out there this morning, folks, and, and I'm reading the article. And I don't know if it's that the guy's so much smarter than me, and I'm, I'm not sure that he is or isn't, so I'm not going to claim that I'm the smartest thing. But I tried to read it, and he says, yes, you can beat the market, and you just have to do these simple things. And I'm reading it going, well, nothing in here that you're talking about is simple, and anybody who's reading it isn't going to get it. And I actually put the article down this morning because it was so badly written. Uh, but in here, they're simply saying is that, you know, if you want the S&P rate of return, uh, you can do that, and can you beat it over time with less risk? And inside of there, he's trying to prove to me that, yes, you can do it by diversification. And I think that's probably accurate, but he didn't give me any sort of a deciding factor in how it would you do so how or which to, to do so. Mm -hmm. So I didn't even discuss the article because it's, it's just that bad this morning. So I'm not even going to, folks, give you an idea what the article is because it just sure. stinks, that, stinks that much. There's something that popped up, folks, in an article, and I got to share it because it could have some some reaching uh, uh, things. Do we got some time or how far do we got before a break? Uh, let's 
uh, come back to this after the break. Let's get to okay, the news let's headlines. Do that. There's, there's something I want to pop up. It's yes. kind of interesting. It's happening next month. This is called a teaser in oh, the business. Good go. luck getting out of your car right now if you're on the road. 715-845-2155 is the number to call if you have a question for Merle. We'll be back with more after this on WSAU. The opinions voiced in this show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your attorney, accountant, financial advisor, or tax advisor prior to investing. This show contains forward-looking statements that may not come true. Securities Investment Advisory Services offered through Grove Point Financial, member FINRA SIPC, Grove Point Financial, and Kelch & Associates are unaffiliated companies. And folks, this program is intended for Wisconsin residents only. 8.35 on your Saturday morning here on AM 550, FM 99.9 WSAU and online at WSAU.com as well. Daytime high of 41 in store for us today. Not bad. Some precipitation. Uh, be a bit cooler to start out the new work week, which uh, Merle, of course, is absolutely okay with. Yeah. But, you know, some people aren't. But, you know, just different strokes. I, I just wanted to get cold and start snowing. I mean, that's kind of <laughs> part of my, uh, my shtick here. I, I yeah. want some cold and... Some snowmobiles and that whole bit. And, yeah, uh, that's right. So I, I mean, that, that's part of my world. I like that part of it. Yeah. yeah. So well, there's we're... an article that's out here I want to touch base on. I'm sorry mm-hmm. I didn't mean to uh, cut you off on that. But, you know, so we talk about crypto on this program, and our, our good friend Tom King loves to just bust me on crypto because I'm not a big fan of crypto. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason I'm not a big fan of crypto, folks, and if you've been listening to this program, it's, it's not a real investment. It's a computer program. So you're essentially buying a computer program. If I buy on the other side of the world, if I buy a share of um, IBM and I'm just, well, let's make it Nike. Um, if I buy a share of IBM, if I buy a share of Nike or IBM, <laughs> or IBM, one of the two, um, I actually own a piece of that. I'm actually an owner of the company, even though I have one share. Mm-hmm. So as the, uh, the old joke used to be is uh, the girlfriend tells dad, well, he owns some Apple. So he's an owner of Apple and dad gets all excited, but he only owns two shares worth you know, a few hundred bucks, but I mean, he is an owner. That's mm-hmm. the way it goes. And and that share is worth something. It's worth piece of the equity. It's worth something, but it's, it's actually a ownership. Um, as where cryptocurrency isn't cryptocurrency is just nothing more. You're, it's a computer program. There's no ownership. There's no business. And, uh, we, we've talked about it with Bitcoin. Uh, there's no customer service. There's no address. There's no, it's just a computer program that you're buying in with the full faith of everybody else. It's there. Also, by the way, one of the biggest dark money launderers in, in the globe, which helped fund Hamas and Iran and other things. So anyway, Coinbase, which is one of the companies, and Coinbase, of course, um, acts as a uh, place that buys and sells and moves in, in uh, cryptocurrencies and, and some of their own. And, and the federal government came through through the Securities Exchange Commission and said, you're ap- acting as a brokerage uh, firm. You're acting as a trading exchange. And they got fined an enormous amount of money because they were acting as this. Um, and never registered the Securities Exchange Commission. So Bitcoin can't do that because it's a computer program. There's there's mm-hmm. no entity in which to do so. But um, Coinbase did. And so they petitioned back and said, we need to have special rules. And the Securities Exchange Commission said, no, you don't. You're acting as um, as an exchange. You need to have a broker. Uh, you need to have all this registration done. So the big court case that's going on on January 17th about that. And it very well might change how cryptocurrency is done within America um, based on that court case. So it's going to be real interesting to watch how that happens. And it's all based upon the rules that are already existing, no new rules um, for cryptocurrency. But it may change how all cryptocurrencies are going to be uh, handled. 
And this is one thing that we've kind of been watching as far as crypto goes, correct, is how it will be regulated and how the rules will eventually be written for it. Because we have so far been really writing the rules as we go for well, crypto. Well, essentially there's been no rules. Right. <clears throat> you know, the there, there's no rules because Bitcoin had none, still has none. Mm -hmm. uh, there's no rules in Bitcoin because it's not an entity. Um, um, so people are allowed to buy in, in and out of it because it's it's what they want to do. Um, it's not illegal illegal to do some, but uh, do some things. But um, but now when you start saying okay, um, now we're going to be buying and selling and moving this. We're going to be taking a fee for a person to exchange this or move that and and hold this and that kind of stuff. And you're soliciting. Now it's a different angle. Now it's a different thing. It's not just the actual computer program, but now you're soliciting clients for a commission or a fee or something of that nature. And that's where it differs. Um, but the entity of a cryptocurrency then uh, could very well be changed and handled differently after this uh, comes up in January. So it'll be interesting, to, uh, greatly interesting to see how it moves. Yeah, and, and that's the conversation that's been going on around all these things, around uh, you know FTX, around oh, yeah. any of the yeah. other companies that have been in the spotlight for reasons for better or worse, I yeah. guess you can and, and say. And that's been the problem is that there's so such widespread stealing and thieving and, and people taking over people's accounts. Um, and and it's, just, it's all over the place. It's rampant. It truly is. So, um, it, again, it'll be really, really interesting to see um, what happens as a result of this. And, of course, uh, for the people on the outside that really don't know anything about cryptocurrency, when they hear these conversations, they just come back to the scene in the, uh, in the Big Bang Theory where the group is trying to find the flash drive on which they stored a certain amount of crypto that's worth millions oh, these sure. days there's a um it, it's, it's been on articles all over the place and, and folks it's 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 old old stuff now but there's a a man who had at the time and this would have been probably two years ago when we discussed this for the first time had a laptop where he uh, lost all of his his code keys for cryptocurrencies were some 24 million at that time and that's probably has gone up since then and he threw the laptop out by accident mm -hmm. it had all the currency on because he or the uh, the, the digital signature. What's the term I kept trying to use? Uh, yeah, the, it, again, it. Again. Yeah, it's the thing. And there's that no has customer the service you can call. It's just gone. Yeah, yeah. And I, if I remember right, didn't uh, wasn't that in England? And didn't they let him search the landfill where they thought that it may have been dumped? I, I don't remember. I, this one I thought was actually in America. Okay. And he actually offered the um, uh, the municipality and said, you know, if we get my computer, I'll split it in half with you. <laughs> um, and they said, no, we're not digging up the dump to look for your laptop. So right. Um, apparently it wasn't enough money at that point in time. Maybe if it gets up to a, a certain point, we could see. You know, could go yeah, and, and uh, certainly enough to uh, to take a shower after you're done digging through the uh, the landfill. <laughs> I, I can't even imagine. I, yeah, I can't even imagine. Me, neither. 715-845-2155 is the number to call as we are making financial sense with, uh, with Merle Kelch here this morning. Uh, Merle, again, year-end things going on right now for, for nearly everyone. We'll be back here though next week as well mm -hmm. uh what is the uh the year end like uh in your business besides you know playing um hooking up the atari and playing pong oh at the boy, i wish that was the case um <laughs> you know the, the year end in the investment world i i just have to share this folks you know um so many people that get to the end and by the time they start getting to december they're sitting in their desk and they're playing you know uh uh, video games that put their feet up in, in our industry is not i mean mm -hmm. we're we're just insane for the next number of months we just go absolutely crazy so 
For us, it starts about mid-October because everybody who did not take the money out that they're supposed to for the required minimum distribution, uh, for everybody out there, was the old 70-and-a-half rules that are now 73 rules. Um, so there's hundreds of them by the time you hit October that have not taken money out. So each one of the clients has to go through a separate calculation to get through and say, you got to take this amount of money out by the end of the year. Then the paperwork has to go out to them. So God bless Kim in our office because she's the one who did all that this year. She did got all that stuff done. From my end, you have people that say, oh, I want to put in my distribu- or contribution in for the end of the year. I want to get that done. Or the people want to take the money out. That trade has to happen to either have the money inside of the cash or the cash that comes in has to be invested. And so that goes on throughout the course of the year. Um, so our assistant, um, uh, Mary, who takes care of all of our reviews for clients and that type of stuff, you know, tries to set reviews throughout the course of it. And we got so busy this year um, as we had a mutual fund that we'd use for our clients that liquidated itself. And now that added more stuff to it where we actually had to say no more clients until, you know, until January because we just got so buried. Mm-hmm. We actually see light at the end of the tunnel. Good thing because it's the last week of the year and we might actually be able to go, Phew, we just slowed down. So it's been absolutely crazy for us uh, throughout this course of this last quarter. It's just been crazy. So it's a good thing. I oh, can't wait to for Christmas to come. I can take a week off and relax. Um, and I told my staff, unless there's an emergency, uh, don't call me. Right. I'm, I'm just going to sit and uh, stay warm and, uh, and and look at a TV screen. That's my plan. Enjoy that. Enjoy that new home in Florida. That's right. Yeah. Seven one five eight four five two one five five is the number to call if you have a question for Merle. We'll be back with more after this here on WSAU. Well, Merle Kelch joining us live in a studio as we again wrap up the year, which means, of course, it's time for the year in review uh, <laughs> stories. I, I I forgot what was the word of the year. I I feel like I read that article and then I forgot it. We're just going to go ahead and say it was awesome. Okay. That's awesome. That's the word of the year. So, uh, well. but yeah, uh, I know you have one that you were just reading now uh, as we, again, fill time for your phone calls at 715-845-2155. I believe it was the uh, the year, uh, the financial ways to de-stress your holiday or yeah, something the, the along baggage, those lines. Uh, article yeah. by Hannah Ern Lang um, says, money baggage can ruin your holidays. Here's how to conquer it. And, and and just going through this article, and, and she has stuff, you know, identify your stories or money scripts. Well, that just really means is identify what stresses you during the holidays. And I keep coming back to something you may not remember, but if anybody's my age, which is 35, folks, I'm 35. Let's just go with that. <laughs> sure. We'll I've go been with 35 that. for many years. Mm-hmm. So uh, we go through, and then they uh, talk about number two, which is tweak your money script. And they're saying, what gives you stress? Um, solve your stress and, you know, be, being able to, to create a way to, Find yourself out of the stress. Adjust that as necessary, of course. Set boundaries, which, of course, is called a budget. Mm-hmm. Um, and then give yourself some grace because sometimes it goes a little bit off. And and in here, folks, I kind of go back to, and I've used this not only with my kids over the years, but, of course, with clients and other people. Is you remember the, do you remember Christmas clubs? Do you remember that? Believe, yeah. I, I The name yeah, yeah. sounds familiar. Yes. I really wish this sort of stuff would come back again. You know, so a lot of people with online, it doesn't happen, but we used to go to the Christmas club and you put in your $5 a week into the Christmas club, or maybe it was $20 a week, depending upon the size of your family. Mm-hmm. You put that in, so when Christmas came, you emptied out your Christmas club account and used that for, for Christmas. Right. So it didn't disrupt your budget. And at the same time, you had that money sitting there. It also created a certain amount of a 
um, uh, a pot, if you will, or a fixed mm-hmm. amount that you could spend on Christmas and spread it out. Mm-hmm. And I haven't seen that happen in a long time, but we've used that for people because we'd all of a sudden see clients, you know, new clients that start coming up and they'd all of a sudden have, you know, six or $8,000 worth of credit card bills because of Christmas. You know, they're traveling to see family. They have the gas. They maybe have an airplane, hotel, going someplace. They have all the presents they put on the credit card. And now you have to fight throughout the course of the rest of the year to try to pay that off, and it starts over again next year. Right. And so, you know, we would set them up and say, well, okay, how much are you spending on Christmas? It's about this amount. Okay. So is that, well, we went a little bit too high. Okay, let's let's tone it down a little bit. Is is, is 4000 enough? Well, that's way more. Okay. So that's that's $300 a month plus or minus or 350 a month. We're going to just put that inside of a brokerage account. It's going to be a money market account. Nothing exciting. We're not putting inside investments. And so the next year we have it ready to go, we'll send you the check. Okay. And so we literally started doing some of that stuff, and we'd have the money come directly from their checking account, go into a brokerage account, because I know they couldn't spend it. See, there's no mm-hmm. no debit card to that account. Right. You know, there's no credit card. They can't just put it in a checking. And so we we did that for clients for a number of years, and finally after a while they said, okay, we got it on our own. Um, and so then they started doing it on their own. So we've done a lot of work like that. And I wish that sort of stuff would come back, that banks would say, okay, we have a Christmas co- account. Um, and, and on that, you're going to earn 4% interest, which is certainly doable in today's times with the CD mm-hmm. rates. Um, as people start putting that money away to prepay, rather than giving your credit card company 20 or 30%, albeit maybe it's only for a few months at the end of the beginning of the year. Uh, but why give that interest away? It's so hard to earn it. Why give it away to, uh, to somebody else, to a credit card company? Um, so interesting. Most of the stress we have during the holidays is created on our own uh, as, as a result of us just simply not preparing uh, somewhere along the way. No, no doubt about it. And you, you see that happen quite often. And you mentioned that how it can become just a vicious cycle because yeah, yeah. the instant that you've got that money paid off, whatever it may be, all of a sudden it's time to start doing it all over again for next year. Or you're really straining yourself be, in the event that something goes wrong. You know, all of a sudden that $200 car repair bill comes up oh, sure. that you weren't expecting. And now you're just further straining yourself. Uh, in that situation. So that's, I guess what it comes down to is just good money management. Sure. I mean, you know, the, the whole idea is that um, if you have an emergency, it doesn't go on a credit card. And if you can say, okay, I have an emergency and I can just write the checkout for it, you're doing stuff the right way it should be. Um, you, you should have it that direction. It takes a while to get there. You know, I remember when I was 18 years old, in fact, we were having dinner last night with a, a relative that was 18 years old and he, of course, has the whole world figured out. We're like, all right, come on, kid, you don't, and, and uh, that whole bit. So trying to give him some life, life lessons. I remember my parents teaching me life lessons. I didn't learn them until I actually had to you know, course, experience them. naturally. You know, so now that I'm older, i got to figure it out a little bit more. But, uh, uh, but it's just one of those things you try to plan ahead. You know, one of the greatest gifts my dad ever told me is he said, you know what, kid? And, and uh, I said, yeah. And he said, you always have to listen to old people. I said, why? He says, because... You can either have lessons in life um, that you learn, or you can have the experiences in life that you learn harder. And mm-hmm. uh, I was always smart enough to listen to the the older folks around me. And our neighbor was 98 when I was a child. Um, in fact, he would tell me lessons how his brother was shot by Jesse James on a train. Wow. He was an old fella. Right. Nice guy. Taught me a lot of really good lessons in life. It was great. I loved it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the other thing, too, during the holidays that you see people uh, will often do is, uh, and and again, we've got some of the ads running uh, on our website right now, is you'll see banks that will say, we're going to give you a special, you know, the Christmas bucks loan or whatever it may be. We, we're going to get you at something at a lower interest rate, which this year is 
not necessarily as low as it was last year. Some people turn to that as well as a kind of a way to, as I like to say, pay off Santa Claus. Mm -hmm. So that's another uh, strategy that might cost you a little less money. But um, again, I'm guessing uh, for you, maybe not the ideal strategy. Not the ideal, but a strategy is better than none. Mm-hmm. A little bit of a tidbit for uh, um, maybe a cool little gift if you want to try it, if you're still think, like, looking around. And I did this years ago for my uh, my grandkids, and it's going to come up again. Um, article by Myra Sifong. Uh, Silver's window of opportunity is closing with prices poised for an explosive move in 24, she says inside of her article. So gold, is, of course, is jumping up near a record high at this point in time, but silver really hasn't done much. It's still in the low and mid-20s, at least as the date of this article, which was uh, yesterday. Um, so with that, if you want to do something fun for your kids, go buy them some silver. Um, it's really neat that they sit and hold on to it. Um, I went out a years ago and I bought a, a whole bunch of silver coins and I gave them out to like all the grandkids and the nieces and nephews. And that's what they got for a present that year. Um, at the time they looked at it and went, that's not a toy. You know, that's <laughs> not a can. Is this the can't foil chocolates you peel off? Right. You know? Um, uh, but later on they said, you know, I still have that coin. That's really cool. I still look at it once in a while. There's a bunch of the old Morgan dollars from the late 60, 1860s. Mm-hmm. Um, so neat stuff. And so think about that, folks. And, you know, uh, let's say that um, this article is accurate. And I don't know that it is. I'm not going to claim one way or another. Um, but you, uh, you know, buy some silver coins for 20 or 40 bucks. They may go up in value, but later on they'll be able to look at it and go, oh, that's really cool because of the antiquity and the age of it. So mm-hmm. that's what I got. I, uh, and this is back in another life. I, uh, I actually worked as a bank teller on the side while I was hustling, uh, in radio. I had a customer who came to the teller line. Uh, she was probably, you know, a 20 something, uh, woman, but she had all of these savings bonds that her parents had bought her every year for Christmas before she turned 18. Mm-hmm. That was going to be the money to pay for her wedding while she was coming in to cash them in, uh, little disappointed at the amount of them, but still, nonetheless, a way that uh, you can, uh, along those same lines, kind of prepare the next generation, do something for them that yeah, might not yeah. necessarily mean a lot to them now, but certainly will in the future. Yeah. Um, it, I joke about uh, my grandkids. I'm, I'm the boring grandfather, and I buy them a lot of chocolate bars, which, by the way, I forgot on my shopping list this morning, so I'm <laughs> happy about this. All right. Um, but one of the things my uh, my wife and I do is she's the cool grandma. She goes out and buys all the toys and the clothes. Mm-hmm. And I'm the boring grandpa. I put money inside of the 529 plans for school for them later on. So hopefully I'll be really cool when they're getting ready for college. You know, so that's that's kind of the plan here, you know. Somehow that doesn't surprise me that uh, that Merle is just – Essentially giving money away for for Christmas, but money with a purpose. Yeah, so uh, it's it's the, the stuff that Grandpa gets to put the golden handcuffs on the kids later on and saying, well, if you're going to school, this is yours. If you're not going to school, it's your sister's. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Again, he's Merle Kelch. We've been making financial sense here on AM 550, FM 99.9, WSAU, online at WSAU.com as well. We should note... We will be back next week for the pre-Christmas uh, extravaganza. That's it. We're going to play Christmas music for the whole hour, and you and I are going to sing. Why not? I don't <laughs> see how that could go wrong at all. Uh, you know, we may also do some more year-end uh, lists and things like that. We'll see I, if we can do a little bit of a wrap-up. Yes, and I, I, actually, I've got a, uh, you know, I think I've got a, a question as well. And you know what? I'm going to ask it to you now because I'm going to give you the whole week to prepare for it. Oh. If. You are giving stocks as a Christmas present. 
good idea, bad idea? How is this? Uh, how can you most effectively get this done? He's writing it down right now. That's pretty easy to do. We do that all the time for clients. Really? Yeah. All right. Well, we will dive into that next week. Good luck. Uh, good luck getting out of your car right now and waiting for uh, next week's episode. There you go. Merle, uh, how can they get a hold of you if uh, they need to during the week? Folks, you can give us a call here in Wassa, 715-849-3600. Toll free outside of the Wassa area at 866-355-5100. You can certainly stop in and kick the tires and say hello and hi on 3rd Avenue and Bridge Street. We welcome you to come on in, especially right now. You might see me in sweats and a T-shirt. I don't think we have any clients this week, maybe one, and nonetheless. Um, otherwise, you can always find us at kelchinassociates.com. Sweats and a T-shirt is actually all that Merle thinks I own uh, because <laughs> the only time we see each other is on Saturday mornings. Merle, always appreciate the time, and we will look forward to chatting again next week. Coming up later today here on WSAU, Milwaukee Bucks basketball as they take on the Detroit Pistons. 4.30 pregame coverage, uh, 5 o'clock tip-off from Fiserv Forum in Milwaukee. We'll have it for you here on WSAU, your new home for Bucks basketball here in central Wisconsin. News headlines from Fox News Radio are coming up next here on WSAU.